0: Hello there, and welcome to episode 86 of the Sports and Spirituality Show, brought to you in part by our friends at the Fairfield County Sports Network and Price Custom Homes. Thank you, Greg and Ms. Price, for sponsoring the Sports and Spirituality Show. Here, they can help you from beginning, middle, and end of the home building process, and you can get more information by going to their website, PriceCustomHomes.com. Thank you, Greg and Mitch Price, for sponsoring the Sports and Spirituality Show, each and every episode, and we are now on episode 86. My name is Steve Rao, and a regular co-host on The SAS is a young lady from the Tree Church who always has a song in her heart. She has a pep in her step, and she doesn't throw a fit but she often throws on a fit. She is the Tree Church Young Adult Associate Director. She is Kelsey Bull. Welcome back to Episode 86 of the Sports and Spirituality Show, Kelsey.
1: Hi, Steve. Thank you.
0: Uh, You're welcome. Uh, Any of that makes sense to you? I think so. Do you have any idea why we're going in this direction?
1: Um, Have
0: you made any connecting points? Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: It's concert weekend. It <laughs> is
0: concert weekend for you. Well, and I want I want to hear more about that. Okay. Um, uh, but um is it okay if we bring on an Emmy award winner on the this podcast today? Would love to. I I don't think we've ever had an Emmy Award winner um, that we've had. No, that's not
1: a question we typically ask. No,
0: exactly. (laughs) And uh, you know, a lot of our our folks are uh, high school or college or professional athletes, and Uh maybe don't even have the opportunity to win an Emmy. But we've got an Emmy Award winner, actually, multi. Emmy Award winner on the program. His name is Drew Davidson, and he works with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, do you know who the Cleveland Browns are? Do you know what sport that is?
1: I've heard of them, uh, football.
0: Football, very good. Uh, do you know anything about the Cleveland Browns?
1: They're not very good.
0: Oh, I love hearing that. As a Bengal fan, I love hearing that That the only thing you know about them is they're not very good. They are getting better.
1: Oh, good, good. Yes,
0: but I can tell you, uh, their uh, production team is the best and that's not Steve talking that's the people who give out the awards talking that's right there yeah so Drew Davidson going to join us later on this podcast if you're okay with that
1: great I'm good with that
0: excellent well we'll plan on having Drew Davidson come so uh you mentioned concert weekend I did. now you've talked a little bit about this in the past but I I I think we need to hit it again
1: that's fine, but I do feel like I've talked about it a lot. Yeah, yeah, you know?
0: which is good, um, because, <laughs> um, first of all, uh, uh, yes, I, I mentioned a, a song in your heart. Yes. My, my guess is you have, have one of those, or maybe yeah. maybe 30.
1: Yeah, a lot of songs in my yeah, heart right ex- now.
0: Exactly. <laughs> oh. um, and so we're recording this on a Friday. I yes. think maybe you're going to Cleveland. Speaking of the Cleveland Browns, yeah, I think you might be heading there um, today.
1: Yeah, like Akron area.
0: Okay, very yep. good. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that, uh, who's that?
1: Shania Twain. I
0: thought that was the case, but I wasn't sure. She so yep. went ahead and risked it. Um, <coughs> and so you probably have a few Shania Twain songs in your heart.
1: I sure do. Last y- night, Lucy and I were making bracelets.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. um, and
1: I was actually making bracelets for the Taylor Swift concert. Yes, of but, course. But um, we were making bracelets, and we were listening to Shania Twain, getting yeah. ourselves pumped up.
0: You do. You have to do that, yes. right, in order yeah. to... Uh, um, yeah, get your get your head right.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: there. And then you said Taylor Swift. Is that
1: tomorrow night? Tomorrow night. Uh, as we
0: record this on a yes. Friday. So Saturday night?
1: Saturday night, I'm going to see Taylor Swift yeah. in Cincinnati. Yes.
0: Um, and again, I want to ask you questions about that. Okay. Um, also, Pep, in your step, that was kind of a, a really old version of saying you're probably going to dance at these events. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. S- so is that true?
1: Yeah. Um. I'm not a great dancer, uh-huh. but... Um,
0: Are you a better singer or dancer?
1: (laughs) That's a really good question that I don't know that I've been asked. Uh Um, That's hard. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very bad at both.
0: Well, this is audio um, broadcast. And so... um, you're going to uh, you're gonna uh, rap for us in episode 100. So it's just what 14 we, episodes what away. What
1: if I dance for you in episode 100?
0: Uh, no. <laughs> no. I mean, I could do a little play by play on that if you wanted. <laughs> uh, uh, we could maybe take that route uh, on the dance part. And quite frankly, I'm okay if you do both. Oh,
1: okay. But you
0: already promised me I you're didn't, going to rap I Never. And, uh, sing never, no, uh, on mm-hmm. the 100th episode. I'm really excited about that because nope. it's just 14 episodes away. So nope. uh, it's not <coughs> happening.
1: Sh- it's truly not happening.
0: Uh, we, <laughs> you have to make it happen.
1: No. We're, we're I trying don't. to
0: celebrate your greatness.
1: No, so, so come up with something else for episode 100. Yeah,
0: no, no, this is what we're going to do. No. So. Uh, where was I? Oh, pep in your step. So yeah. you're not sure if you're a very good dancer.
1: Well, I know that I'm not a good dancer, but I <sighs> will for sure be dancing. But like for Taylor, I think we're going to be like packed in. Yeah. So I don't know. Like it's probably going to be more jumping up and down or like a little sway, you know? Sway. Uh-huh. 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 Um, for Shania, we have lawn seats. Okay. Um, and I don't, I haven't been, I don't think to an outside concert this size, I mean, since childhood when Polaris Amphitheater North of Columbus was open. Yep. Um, so I haven't been in a lawn seat, again, this size in a long time. So I don't know <coughs> what etiquette is. Do you sit? Do you stand? Do you, I don't know. I yeah. don't know what's going to happen. I think you
0: let the music move you.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, what? what is the venue?
1: Blossom Music Center.
0: How about that? My wife uh, grew up in that area. Oh, she did. And she went to many, many, many concerts. At Blossom? Yes. Yeah,
1: I'm excited. I've never been... I had... I don't think I'd even heard of it before this concert. So I'm excited to see a new venue. Yeah. Um, Lucy's going with me to see Shania. She learned this week that I'm going to see Taylor on Saturday, oh. and she was not
0: pleased. Yeah, because yeah. she, she, she knows she, you're going without her.
1: Yes, she is like, I want to go to that one, and I was there's a big price difference in oh, tickets. Uh, yes. So I was like, no, we can't afford that. Like you're right. going to, and if I'm honest, like I do think the crowd size will be also extremely different and Correct. i'm happy to manage her in the smaller one right. before the bigger one and yep. we're going with um several women from josh's family like an aunt several cousins a couple of them are bringing their daughters so i also feel better about taking her to that with like more ha- help and hands-on you know Um, with a community of people, so I was like, I'm not, no, not yet.
0: Yep, yep, she'll have other opportunities. Uh, She's a young gal, and she'll have other opportunities. And uh, yes, it's not that you're excluding her, even though it probably feels like that right now. Yes, Uh, all these people are going, and I'm not going.
1: But Um, I know that she would love it, so I do feel a little bit bad. But I'm also like, you're five; you'll have plenty more chances.
0: Exactly. Uh, I try to remind my kids of that. Mm -hmm. We've taken them on mission trips, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't go on my first mission trip till I was 32 years old, Mm -hmm. and uh, they went when they were 11. Okay, so don't talk to me about not giving me opportunities or you know not including me or that kind of stuff. And you are obviously including her because. Taking your own Friday night, mm-hmm. uh, but not on Saturday night. So, uh, pep your step, and I mentioned um, not throwing a fit, which sounds like maybe that's not true for Lucy. <laughs> uh, <coughs> but your throw on a fit, and you yeah. talked to us yeah. about your fit. Taylor Swift fit, yep. which is bedazzled, or oh, what's the, what's the phrase you use? Uh, um, a lot of glitter and all yeah, that there's stuff.
1: a good amount of glitter. I got yeah. some glittery Keds. Yeah. And I got some really sparkly shorts.
0: Right. That your husband hates, I understand. Yeah. And then you didn't even tell him uh, some <laughs> of the other fits she got. Uh, it was her first Shania Twain, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I had to break the news to him. Uh-huh, uh, yeah, he wasn't thanks very so happy. so much You're Better welcome. Help. I'm here for you, kid.
1: Mm-hmm, I know uh, you are.
0: Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so... Um, putting on the fit. So you're feeling pretty good about your game plan for this weekend?
1: I am. Last night, I did get my game plan together. I was hoping to do it more like on Monday this week, but had a busy week. And so last night, I finally sat down and read through the websites for all the concerts. So I know all the information, things to bring, things not to bring, what type of bag you can have, what type of bag you can't have, parking situations. I mean, there's so much information for concerts these days um so I do I'm feeling good feeling ready got Wha- my itinerary for the week weekend couple days uh uh-huh. yeah it's gonna well, be great
0: well this is why I wanted to have this discussion okay, okay. because <laughs> I uh, we have talked about it uh, in various uh podcasts that we've had Sure. but we're now um the, the, the you know we're Standing on the doorstep uh, of this of this happening, yes, I would be very interested. Maybe <laughs> in episode eighty-seven to hear how it all goes.
1: Would love to share. Yeah,
0: but um, I'm sh- one of my big questions uh-huh. is um, how has that anticipation been? Uh, I, Shania, maybe uh, to a lesser degree but there's just so much stuff on social media and people <laughs> that I've talked to and people sure. have gone to Taylor Swift concerts and trying to get tickets sure. and uh, the crowd and, and her response and, um, you know, guests she brings and all kinds of things. I know. Uh, how has the anticipation been for you?
1: It's been so fun. Um, like this week, even for Shania, um, like last night I was doing some stuff around the house and I turned on the documentary about her on Netflix, right? And earlier this week I – we have a Peloton um, stationary bike, and I did a Peloton ride to Shania Twain songs, right? Like, so it's just been so fun. Um, <laughs> and Josh happened to come down in the basement. He was like, Shania, and I was like, yep, getting ready. <laughs> um, it's it's so fun. And I think what's really cool is both of these experiences I get to do with people I really love. Yes. And so it's not this singular event. Um, and I think what is cool is I music has just been a big part of my life for a long time which is funny because I have no abilities but um like no talent in that realm but I have just some really distinct clear memories of going to concerts with my parents um when I was young like that's just something they valued and chose to expose um, my brother and I too and um so I'm excited to th- I think this is Lucy's like First big concert. Um, I know she's been to some other shows like Linkster Festival stuff. And um, even like my cousin is a really incredible jazz singer. Um, So I know she's seen some other things, but big concert, um, global star. uh, And so it's just it's exciting to get to do all these things with people that I love and have these memories. And I think kind of a bummer to me a little bit is. Like, I have no pictures of um, going to see Garth Brooks or Alan Jackson when I was younger with my parents. And so I think it is really cool that I will have pictures and videos um, of these experiences with the people I love for a long time to come. And I think it is fun, uh, specifically for Taylor, but even for um, Shania, like, I think a lot more goes into it than just showing up at the show. Like, I like I think part of the fun is thinking about the outfit I think part of the fun was making all these bracelets with my friends until like 1 a.m. on Wednesday night you know I think that there's just a lot more layers to it Lucy and I are going to stay in a hotel and I think that makes the excitement for her bigger because um, it's a little bit extra mommy Lucy time you know so I think thinking through all of those things is just fun um and it makes it more than just those few hours where I get to listen to good music. So.
0: Yeah, I I, I think you're spot on there, mm-hmm. and it, it isn't about just because. L- let's face it, you've already been listening to the music, right? Right. Right. Uh, um, so it isn't about just I want to hear that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you have lots of ways <laughs> to hear that song, sure. right? Sure. Um, but because we have a shared experience, that's what makes it so wonderful mm-hmm. um, that to to do that, and I happen to believe that when there's a long build up to it i actually think it enhances the experience Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because you have been thinking about it for a long long time you were really nervous about getting the taylor swift tickets and the steps you have to go through and you put a game plan together and you had your friend right
1: yes like even that i'm like somehow i need to document all those things we did yeah um yeah, but it it is true. I think the anticipation is part of the fun.
0: It is. It I think it heightens the experience. And uh, do you have any worries whatsoever that the build up um is more than the actual experience? That you will be underwhelmed because you've had this long build up?
1: I don't. Um I am also trying to have realistic expectations of things are going to go wrong. Like I was saying to a friend, um, maybe even just this morning, like, I kind of expect my biggest, like, headache or concern, maybe that's too negative, is parking. Like, I just expect parking is going to be a pain in the butt at both. Um, And I think going into it, knowing I'm probably going to have to sit in my car for a long time, I think as much as I can, I am trying to have realistic expectations that things are not going to go perfectly. Um, and so as much as I think the concert's going to be fun, like there's always the chance someone is seated beside you um, and there is something with them you would prefer to change, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, their behavior. Right. Um, the way they smell. I don't know. Yeah. like the,
0: the way they sing and they're terrible at it. Yeah. Well, that's like what people beside you will me be saying. Will, yeah, yeah, for, for sure. Right.
1: <laughs> um, actually, what was funny <laughs> is when I was making bracelets with my friends, like, uh, on Wednesday night, kind of late, I was like, you know what I'm really excited about, guys? And they were like, what? And I was like, that we are all bad singers. <laughs> I was like, None of us, because I'm going with three other friends, I was like, none of us can sing well. Right. So we will be blasting Taylor on the way down while we're there, on the way back. Yep. And I was like, I don't have to feel self-conscious because we're all bad. Exactly. So. It's
0: beautiful. That's beautiful. And you said uh, uh, driving there. Uh, Blossom is in the Akron-Cleveland uh, area. Yes. Uh, and I think Taylor's in Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, she's playing at Paycor, yeah. which is pa- Bengals Stadium. Right,
0: right. Paycor Stadium. Yeah. Uh, They're in Cincinnati, uh, literally on the river. And so yeah. you are covering the entire state uh, this weekend.
1: Yes, I am.
0: How about that? How
1: about that? Like even that, I was like, I just need my car to like, which my car is in good shape. Right, we right. Even checked out a couple things this week to make sure. But Correct. You know, I just, I can't control if a driver hits me. Yeah, yeah. There are exactly. just so many things I can't control, and so I'm trying to, like, have a healthy perspective and just ask God to bless the weekend.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's the yeah. other advantage that we have yes. as a follower of Jesus. Yes. Uh, we are not going alone. You're not going alone anyway because you're going with your right. family and friends, right? Yes. But Yes. You're having a shared experience, which is a powerful thing, and yet uh, we're also not uh, going without faith uh, and uh, belief and trust Mm -hmm. and support uh, from God the Father as well. So uh, I'm very excited for you. Uh, I'm not going to either one of those things. Uh, I got other uh, things on the docket and so not going to be able to do that. I'm going to live vicariously through you.
1: Sounds good. And
0: these uh, events and um, on the next episode uh, very much looking forward to hearing how it all went. The good, the bad, and the ugly which sounds like will be your uh, and your team singing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> the ugly part. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I, I'm going to find out on episode 100, and I'm super excited about that. Are you ready to invite our guest to come on the program? I am. All righty. Well, best of luck to you this weekend, uh, um, and uh, that's uh, that's going to be a good time, and we'll hear more about that. Um, but um, uh, did you win an Emmy? I've never. I haven't either. Yeah. Uh, but um, it is exciting uh, to uh, learn more about those who have as we promised our guest is joining us on this episode of the sports and spirituality show podcast he is the production manager and cinematographer for the cleveland browns he's fairfield county's own drew davidson uh, thanks for coming on the podcast drew we really appreciate it
2: hey thanks for having me i'm uh, excited to you know kind of share my journey and talk a little bit about uh, my past and the present, so uh, I'm excited.
0: Well, the Cleveland Browns are obviously a very hot topic in the, the Buckeyes state. Uh, they've had ups and downs, and of course the fan base in Cleveland is super passionate about the Browns. Would you say they're probably the, the number one sports team in that area?
2: Oh, for sure, and really, like honestly, our goal is to be the number one sports franchise in Ohio. Uh, and we have some tall competition, you know, with Ohio State and then now it's the resurgence of the Bengals. But um really everything we do is to, you know, be the number one sports franchise. When people think of sports in Ohio, we want them to think of us. So uh, it's an ever going, uh, ever going journey. And, uh, you know, we, that's kind of our goal. And we hope we get there.
0: Well, uh, certainly uh, it's been on an upswing here as uh, things have uh, developed there and you feel like uh, uh, maybe uh, many things have fallen into place and uh, the future is bright for the Cleveland Browns. Now, um, we'll learn a little bit about your passion for the Browns, uh, but let's start at the beginning. Where are you from originally?
2: So I'm from uh, Lancashire, Ohio, um, down in your uh, neck of the woods, Um Went to Fairfield Christian, and uh, I was there for about 20 years before I headed off to college, or I guess 18. Um, But yeah, that's where I call home base. Um, You know, throughout my career, I've had a lot of different locations, but I always consider Lancaster Ohio home.
0: Very good. Now, do you have any brothers or sisters?
2: Uh, Two older sisters, uh, a younger brother. So uh, we had a a rowdy little family of four, um, which made for exciting dinners and um, you know, I'm very blessed to have, uh, two nieces and two nephews from my oldest sister, um, and, you know, a couple little, uh, dog nieces and nephews, so, uh, we got a, a wonderful little family going.
0: That's great stuff right there. What do your parents do for a living? Yes,
2: yeah, so my dad is the, uh, pastor of Redeemer Lutheran Church, uh, in Lancaster, um, and as he says, if you're looking for a church home, we hope you make Redeemer your church home, um. So, you know, it's, uh, that's been uh, really a, a big part of our life growing up, uh, the church. Um, so I'm very blessed that, you know, we were so involved. And then uh, my mom is semi-retired, um, staying busy with, uh, you know, helping watch the uh, the little kids uh, who live a couple streets over. So uh, even though she's semi-retired and, uh, you know, my dad's career is still growing strong, they always have their hands full.
0: They certainly do. Now, is your dad's name Jack? It is. Well, this show is partly sponsored by the Fairfield County Sports Network. Is it the same Jack Davidson who's one of the broadcasters here on the Fairfield County Sports Network? Yeah, it would be. And uh, I mean, I feel like every time I
2: call him when I'm heading home from work, he's either heading to a game or he's about to start a broadcast. So uh, it's been great that he's, um, he's been able to take You know, the other, another passion of his, which is sports, and, uh, you know, he obviously can describe it, uh, I would say, with some of the best ones in the area. So um, it's been, uh, I know he's enjoyed it, and it's been fun to kind of see him, you know, take that on as a a little uh,
0: side gig, if you will. So. Well, he does a wonderful job for us. Uh, He is a bit of a wordsmith. I guess he's been pastoring all these years, so he knows about making presentations uh, and uh, being sure to tell the truth, and uh, that's uh, very important in the broadcast biz. And so he does a tremendous job for us, and so I really appreciate his commitment to the Fairfield County Sports Network uh, and so setting uh, such a great example for you and your siblings as well. Uh, Who's the best athlete in the Davidson family?
2: Oh, I don't know if my dad told you to ask this. Um, It's a contentious topic between uh, my younger brother and I and my (laughs) sister. Older sister, Rachel, will throw her hat in the ring. But um, I will say I'm the only Davidson uh, child to quote unquote play collegiate sports. Um, I was a backup kicker at a D3 college for a year and a half. um, And then I quit to focus on video. So. Mark's had his little stint of uh college athletic career, but it was all club level. Um, he played club volleyball, uh, club swim up at uh, Concordia University, Wisconsin. So, and then my sister, uh, oldest sister Rachel. Uh, I mean, it's hard to hard to put into words. Like we all played every sport growing up. Sports were just such a big part of our childhood. Um, you know, she played basketball and. Uh, basketball and golf a little bit Emily played basketball Um, I actually I think I may be one of the few people that played five sports at uh, Fairfield Christian Um, so I think I have a very distinct title there and then uh, I guess Mark did put together a pretty good career uh, at the high school level, although I will say I think I am probably the most
0: athletic out of the bunch. I got you. I love that right there. And by the way, your dad didn't ask to, uh, ask me to ask that question. Uh, it just came to me, and so I am uh, happy that <laughs> it's a bone of contention. Um, what we'll I mean that,
2: we'll that does make sense because anytime Mark and I argue about who's the better baseball player, my dad hops in to put a put a stop to it. So, I,
0: I, and and what what's he do to put a stop to it? Does he say I'm better than both of you, or what? Yeah.
2: Well, he was. He played a a little bit of collegiate ball at uh, at Cleveland State for, uh, I think, a couple years, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, So I would say he's definitely the best out of of the trio. Uh, I will say, you know, part of my uh, rap sheet, if you will, is that, you know, junior year, I think it was, I hit over 750 or 775 in the state of Ohio. I had a top 10 batting average. Um, So... I think I, I can maybe hold my own. I don't
0: know. he Like it does. And was you uh, what pleasure? Yeah. Okay. So you're not sure if you could hit him. But that gives you pretty good odds. I'm putting my money on Drew Davidson on that. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah. I will
2: circulate this to all of my family members.
0: Uh, <laughs> please do. Um, and, uh, yes, I think the arguments that you make are pretty compelling. That maybe Drew yeah. Davidson, the Beth... Best athlete because did uh, at least in the sibling uh, area uh, because you did play college uh, whether it's D two or D three or uh, whatever uh, you you still played whether you're a backup or not that you're on the team right uh, I, I will
2: I say I will use the word played very loosely <laughs> I had a jersey and a helmet and that was about
0: it Amen brother that's that's all that matters Did you go to practice?
2: Sometimes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's actually a funny story. Uh, so there's one other kicker. Um, he did punting and kicking, and then uh, he actually came from uh, the soccer world. So he had one year left of eligibility. Uh, it was a, like a partly cloudy day, and we went over to the baseball fields to, to practice punting as we would. And uh, we ended up taking our shoulder pads off. We were using them as kind of like a little pillow, and we were just sitting there laying on the ground uh, kind of looking at clouds and the special teams coordinator walked over, and he uh, laid into us for quite a while. So <laughs> it was, um, I will say, my collegiate football experience was probably vastly different from anybody who's ever played at that level. Uh,
0: I got you. I got you. You don't have the, maybe the Cleveland Browns asking you to step in to do a little uh, practice punting.
2: No, I've offered many times. They have my <laughs> W-2 on file, my I-9, whatever they need. Um, I keep cleats in my car just in case. But, uh, I think they're uh, – I think they're pretty set at those
0: positions. All right. Yeah, they're probably, you're not probably going to get your shot there. No, uh, no Rudy movie for you, huh? No, not at all. Well, you're a cinema, uh, cinematographer, so maybe you could shoot your own movie. Who knows? Um, yeah, uh, very true. The production manager up there uh, for the Cleveland Browns. We're talking with Drew Davidson. You mentioned that uh, you attended Fairfield Christian Academy. Um, the, I believe they had a media department. Is that correct? Yeah,
2: that is, uh, it's very accurate. They, um, I want to say probably my sophomore, maybe junior year. Um, honestly, I got into it just by, um, wanting to do something. I don't like sitting around. And so, uh, I saw these people pressing buttons and running cameras for chapel and, you know, like I said, I'm not one to really sit around and watch. So I, uh, got up and introduced myself to to JT Burcham and, um, Really, I can't thank him enough for the role he's played in my career. Um, just always gave me something to do, um, and really, like I guess I can point to my professional career now. The the opportunity to do work and to learn is uh, is something that a lot of people take for granted. But being able to be entrusted with you know projects, whether it's for the church there or the school, um, you know, J.T. never. Never thought that I couldn't do it, and he gave me a ton of a uh, ton of opportunities. And I honestly, I feel like coming out of the high school world with the production program there, um, I probably learned more there than I even did in the college classroom. Just you know, based on what they were giving me to do. So I will always be very thankful for uh, you know JT and all the opportunities
0: he gave me throughout my high school career. I think it's important to encourage people, take every opportunity you are given. You can learn something. One of the things you might learn is, I hate this or I'm terrible at it, and so I'm not going to do it. But you're learning something about it. And if you just say, oh, I I only want the top-tier job or I want my best opportunity, I'll just wait for that, you're going to miss opportunities. So would you agree that it's important to take advantage of all opportunities given? I mean, it's funny you mentioned that.
2: Steve um, I guess Wednesday of this week, I, um, popped on the Browns, uh, subreddit. We didn't ask me anything. And there were a lot of people who were asking, you know, how do I get into this industry? And I think the, the notion of going from a hobby to the professional world, um, is, is one where people think that you can just pick up a camera and do it. But speaking from my experience, my road to where I am now, uh, I guess in the professional world was a very, very long one. And there'd be times where I'd come home from college or even after college, I would swing by Fairfield Christian and I would run camera for their high school basketball games, high school football games, um, really whatever they needed. And that was, I would say probably after I was kind of established. Um, And really just the ability to get repetitions and something that you want to make your career is is something that you can't really look past and you can't fake experience and skills. So, um, you know, my advice would be if you're interested in doing this, even if you're taking your iPhone out to a football field or a basketball court and you're shooting stuff on your phone, um, that experience in one way or another can translate into whatever you're looking for in a career. So, um, never shy away from work, even if it's for free. Uh, I know a lot of people these days are, really pushing the, you know, get paid for your your work. But uh, I say the opposite, like get out there and create, do the work. And then, you know, the opportunities will present themselves.
0: Very good advice right there. So you mentioned college. Uh, You had a wonderful opportunity there at Fairfield Christian Academy. Um, uh, J.T. Burcham uh, investing in you and then you uh, giving him a return on investment by coming out and uh, back and helping him uh, with some things as well. It really does take a team to make these things work. And uh, J.T. was a great leader there at Fairfield Christian Academy in the media department. As a matter of fact, I think he started the media department uh, over there uh, still going strong and so at some point you got the opportunity to go to college uh, help us understand that part of your journey yeah so
2: honestly when I started to look at colleges um, I had a few schools that I was applying to which were in the Concordia system which is a, a Lutheran college system uh, so we grew up LCMS Lutheran and uh, the one that I kind of keyed in on was Concordia Chicago and um, that's where my dad went, where my older sister went, my brother-in-law, uh, two aunts. So, uh, I do consider it a legacy school. So for me it was never really a question. That's where I wanted to go. Um, I applied to a couple other schools just for kicks and giggles, like Ivy league schools. I don't know why I thought it was funny uh, to get rejection letters from them, but, um, the whole time I knew I was going to Concordia, Chicago and, um, So after high school graduation headed out there, and um, I will say their media production program is probably not top 20, 30 in the state of uh, Illinois. Uh, I would argue to say that uh, a lot of people don't even know, doesn't even know it exists. Um, And if I remember correctly, they offered two television production classes, and I took them both my freshman year. So uh, I kind of tapped out the uh, the resources in the classroom. Um, and really I was just kind of picking up whatever little projects I could do. I worked in the audio department recording, wind symphony concerts and choir concerts, um, editing and mastering CDs, really anything to kind of get me involved. I hosted a very poorly done radio show for a semester or two. Um, so I was just looking for anything to kind of keep me occupied in the space. Um, and then it was probably about my end of my sophomore year, I was talking to my mom and uh, I was just like, you know, I I feel like I'm not getting enough out of this. I think I might want to transfer. Uh, I was looking at, you know, or thinking about some of the big schools like uh, Ohio University, Asbury, um, you know, these programs with bona fide media production courses. Um, and my mom wisely, I will say, one of the smartest people I know uh, said, Hey, uh, before you, like you can transfer if you want to, you can go to do another opportunity, but uh, I would like for you to try to do this uh, program called the Washington semester where you go to DC for 10 weeks, you do an internship, a couple courses, uh, get college credit. And then, you know, if you do that and you still want to transfer, like that's fine by us, we'll support it obviously. Um, and that was, I will say one of the biggest, blessings and, and things that was kind of put on my plate. Uh, I went out to DC, uh, in my junior year, I believe, uh, did a internship with C-SPAN, uh, which is public access government TV. Um, very boring to a lot of people, but, um, you know, I realized in that, that the, just having the responsibility, responsibility and doing a job in the professional world was like something I was looking for my entire career. So, Um, That really was a a turning point for me just because I could see that there's these opportunities that you just have to go out and do. And uh, I'll kind of fast track the rest of my internship experiences. Uh, So I did a semester in D.C. with C-SPAN. I did a semester in Philadelphia with the Flyers and 76ers scoreboard crew. Uh, I did a internship with ESPN in Bristol, Connecticut, working in their uh, network control room, so I was mixing in commercials and the famous bottom line you see with all the stats. Uh, from there, that would have been right around graduation, and I ended up taking an internship with the Columbus Blue Jackets. I did that for a few months, and then from there, uh, that was an unpaid position at the time, and the Cleveland Browns posted a, an intern position, so as any college graduate does, you know, I ended up applying for that just because I needed some money and one thing led to the next. And that's kind of how I broke into the NFL. Um, and then fast forward a year from that, uh, got a internship offer with the Chicago bears. So I headed out to Chicago uh, reunited with my old stopping grounds for a little while. Um, and then I'd say probably the most fascinating part of this was, after that internship ended, I moved back home to Lancaster, and I was actually working overnight at uh, TS Tech in Reynoldsburg. I was building car seats for Honda Accords and CRVs, uh, just kind of waiting for an opportunity to arise. Uh, the director from the Bears reached out to me, I want to say it like a Thursday at maybe 4. I was getting ready to head into the ship, and he reached out, wanted me to interview for a position they created. Uh, I called the company, uh, TS Tech, that afternoon in the parking lot. Quit on the spot, packed up stuff overnight, headed out to Chicago for an interview. And
1: uh, I
2: guess that's the quick and dirty story of how I kind of broke into the NFL. I ended up getting that position, um, and I spent about four more years out there. So it's um, it's definitely a story of uh, not giving up, not being afraid to do the work, and. Uh, you know, if you're a good person and treat others kindly, that you know opportunities will come to you. So, I don't know if that answers your question. That's the, kind of the backstory of college, how I got my start. Um, it's a lot of different experiences, so it's kind of hard to sum up in a you know three to four sentences. Yeah,
0: no, no I I really appreciate it. It's exactly what we want here on the Sports and Spirituality Show uh, because life is a journey. Uh, you know, people don't just wake up one day and say, "Hey, I think I'll be an attorney." You know, and they call uh, you know their <laughs> their law firm uh, that they know, and they say, "Great, come on over here and start." Uh, you know, um, adjudicating cases. You know, uh, that's just not how it goes. Um, there's yeah. a there's a process. There's a journey uh, in that field. Maybe you have to be you know a legal assistant. Then you gotta you know uh, get some more knowledge, get a degree, uh, get some experience, and then maybe we could hire. You know, that kind of thing. It, uh, old things are a journey. Uh, I, uh, at the uh, radio station, I w- I volunteered like once a week, you know, and then uh, eventually I'm, I'm in, more involved and become the station manager the president of the station. Uh, it's a journey. You don't just wake up one day and, and get the dream job that you want. Uh, there's steps that have to be taken. There's risks that have to be taken. Another thing you uh, did is took wise advice uh, from the smartest person you know, your mom, and that helped as well. So Uh, We have to understand when people are not where we want them to be and when we're not where we want to be, uh, let's keep moving forward and take advantage of every opportunity. And as you said, if you are doing the best you can and you're treating people as they should be treated, good things come your way. The uh, biblical context is there's a law of sowing and reaping. You sow good things, you reap good things. And Drew Davidson was sowing good things every place he went and began to reap those good things. Now, um, uh, you end with uh, a job with the Chicago Bears. You say you were there for about four years. Is that correct? Yeah, that's
2: true. But uh, actually, so if we can pick up Sorry to be a little producer here. If we can pick up where you left off that one uh, with this. Uh, so, Steve, I have a question for you. I mentioned those internships I did. Do you know what my first
0: internship was? Well, my, you may know. my hunch is... So there's
2: one I failed to mention.
0: And that would probably be a board operator for WFCO 90.9 FM.
2: Very true. Yeah, I, I somehow forget, you know, often forget that one just because when I look at the video landscape of stuff I've done, um, for some reason I don't go to radio to think. But yeah, my senior project I spent working at WFCO in uh, Lancaster, Ohio, helping out with, you know, editing stuff in Adobe Audition, board operating, whatever was needed. So uh, that was kind of my first taste into uh, really the industry as a whole. Um, And so whether you know it or not, you know, you did play a pivotal kind of role into where I am and what I do.
0: Uh, that's very kind of you, and I, uh, I I can't remember all the folks that we've had, you know, come through uh, the station. Um, and quite frankly, most of them have not been as successful in the uh, in the audio video world as you have. As a matter of fact, we're going to talk about your success here in just a minute. But um, <coughs> really, it was our privilege to open our doors and give people opportunities. And often, if you are an intern at a radio station, you tend to, you know, go around and shake hands and kiss babies and give, you know, uh, trinkets away from the station. Not at 90.9 FM. We wanted to give you production opportunities. We wanted to give you editing opportunities. We wanted to give you um, even on-air opportunities if you wanted those. And, and so uh, we, we really considered it a great privilege to be able to do that. And uh, it was really our honor to have you uh, partner with us in what we were trying to do there at 90.9 FM. So... Well, I,
2: I mean, as I mentioned, I, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, it it's something I can look back on at the time I my dad had a radio show there he'd come in and record stuff I'd hop over and help him from time to time I believe he recorded on Tuesdays so um it's always been um you know kind of a part of of I guess my dad and and I's journey uh doing different things but uh you know, it was a very cool experience.
0: It certainly was, and it was our privilege to be able to have you and your dad uh, there at uh, WFCO 90.9 FM. So uh, so how do you end up with the Cleveland Browns, which I think maybe was maybe a little bit of a dream job for you in that. I think maybe you grew up a Browns fan. Yeah, it very
2: much was a dream job. Um, it was funny because I'd say coming out of college, uh, I had a few career goals, very lofty. One of them that my college friends joke about is I wanted to be a camera guy for um, Shark Week on Discovery Channel. That (laughs) didn't pan out. Um, And then my other, you know, kind of two interests were uh, I wanted to work for ESPN and I wanted to work in the NFL, uh, ideally with the Browns. And it is kind of crazy to look back and think that I did both of those things by the time I turned 21 or 22. Yeah. Um, So from Chicago, I um, actually got a call from a former coworker here in Cleveland and um, they were looking to hire a position. And I want to say he called me on a Monday. Um, I got back to him on a Tuesday. I interviewed Wednesday and I had a job offer Thursday. So it was something where at the time I was very content with where I was. I was almost fully vested in the pension program there. So I was going to stick it out, but the opportunity to come home to Ohio and, and work for my hometown team and, you know, a team that my great aunt had a PSL season ticket for. Um, dad grew up a fan of, I grew up a fan of. Uh, it was just something that I couldn't pass up. So it, uh, it happened in four days, and um, it's been one of the, the best decisions I've made.
0: That's great stuff. Now, we mentioned at the beginning that you are the production manager and cinematographer. How did you land that particular position?
2: Yeah, so the NFL production world, people probably think it's massive departments, like a lot of specialized roles. Um, When I started, pretty much everybody just had a producer title. Um, You would script TV shows, edit TV shows, shoot them. Um, I guess 10 years ago, it was very um, digital, or not digital, it was very TV heavy. Um, whether it be network TV shows, digital shows. Um, and as you probably know, it's shifting a lot to social media now. But um, the producer title was, one, you could easily assign to someone and it would cover a lot of different things. So um, through my time in Chicago, I had a, a producer tit- type title. Um, ended up coming back to Cleveland under a very similar title. Um, so at the time I was producing our half-hour pregame coaches radio, or TV show. And um, really, it's one of those things that I learned in my first internship here was uh, you really need to be a jack of all trades. And that's the best way to kind of get ahead. Um, And that's something that I kind of always focused on. So I started out as a producer here. And then uh, a few years in, uh, one of my great mentors here, um, Paul Taylor, he was the director at the time um, approached me to ask if I wanted to kind of shift my focus and be more of a production manager role. Um, and really, I guess the glorified way of saying or explaining that is um, anything that we shoot, whether it's on game days, whether it's community visits, social media stuff, um, schedule release, the the planning and the pre-production and the capturing kind of falls under me. And we have a little, not we, not a little. We have a wing that's primarily editor focused post-production um, with a post-production manager sort of role in that, in that area. So, you know, I will say the plus side of having your hands on a lot of different areas is um, you get to experience a lot of different things. So uh, one thing that I always really enjoyed doing uh, in high school and in college was shooting. Um, and that's something that, you know, anytime I could, I could sit down and, practice the craft, I I would be doing that. Um, So that's something I kind of took on as the the lead cinematographer here. Yes, my job here is a production manager and cinematographer is, you know, I go over best practices for capturing our content, whether it's the way we want our things to look, um, the best way to use our cameras, uh, really anything that that makes the editor's life easier. Um, you know, I don't want to give footage to an editor that they have to color correct. They have to try to fix focus in post production. So, um, really a lot of my job now is almost training of sorts, you know, making sure everybody's comfortable with the equipment. There's no questions when they get out in the field and, uh, you know, it's kind of autonomous that you can sit down and you don't have to even ask what the other person wants to do for the shot, you know, kind of what they're thinking and they know what you're thinking. So that's kind of what my role is like here now. Um, So I will say every day it's a new thing, um, which is exciting for me just because I did grow up at the jack of all trades kind of, kind of
0: category no question uh, you are managing that process uh, hence the term production manager now i know you're really good at it now how do i know that uh, i think i saw something on social media about drew davidson winning an emmy and maybe it was not his first emmy what can you tell me about that
2: yeah so um I mean, before I can even talk about any award we won, I gotta preface it by saying I do believe we have the most talented production staff in the entire NFL, and really, I put us up against any team in sports, professional, collegiate. Um, it's like we all do get our own award, but like there's nothing I could do that would win me and Emmy on my own. So it's 100% a team effort, and um, it's something that uh, you know I just have to mention that. You know, it's not me. It's not another person. It's the entire group. So, uh, with that said, uh, we uh, we did win our, I want to say, as a group, like fifth or sixth Emmy in probably seven or eight years. Um, and a lot of it was for our uh, our program, building the Browns, uh, which we have kind of rebranded. Uh, we can touch on that if you want. But the uh, really the idea of building the Browns was if you're familiar with NFL Hard Knocks, it's an all-access, behind-the-scenes look at what goes into training camp. Our thought process was, you know, we want to have that, but through the entire season, through the off-season. So we were one of the first teams to have an all-access, behind-the-scenes show of any, like, in any format like this. So we were really on the cutting edge of it. And uh, as you look at what other teams have done, like – they've just modeled what we've done. So, um, I will say we've had some, some great visionaries and idea people that have kind of crafted what building the Browns has been and what it's kind of become. So, um, yeah, we have like seven, six or seven total for building the Browns. Uh, I personally have three. Um, and you know, each one of them is very special to me and, um, I'm not really one to seek attention and recognition, but, Just the idea that the rest of the group is also being recognized for their excellence in in this craft is something that, you know, really brings me joy. So if I can kind of do anything to promote them and, you know, get their name out there and recognize them,
0: uh, it's something I'm glad to do. So, yeah. That's good stuff right there. We've done more than 80 of these podcasts, and we've never had an Emmy Award winner. So congratulations to you on uh, multi Emmys, being recognized by your peers for the outstanding work that you and your team are doing. I think all of life is a team sport, and uh, we will be successful when all of us are successful. And uh, and yet uh, some uh, are being recognized as they should be the Bible says give honor where honor is due, and Drew Davidson and his team deserved honor, and uh, they've received that honor. So congratulations to you on your most recent Emmy Award. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. You are welcome. So what does the future hold for Drew Davidson and his crew there with the Cleveland Browns? Uh,
2: it's hard to say. Like, If you would have asked me a year ago where I thought we would have been, I would not have said here. Um it's just the content world and production and you know, TikTok, uh YouTube, uh Twitter, Instagram, all these different media forms require a different type of content. So um we're really seeing a rise in the short form vertical video, uh, which as a pretty good, if I say it to myself, cinematographer who captures things in horizontal sixteen by nines, uh not an easy adjustment, but um, that's just the way the world goes, so um, you know, I guess for our department, hopefully you can expect to see some awesome, beautiful looking footage, whether it's horizontal, whether it's vertical, whether it's square. Um, we just want to give the fans and prospective fans, fans of other teams something that they enjoy watching. so uh, whatever format that is, you know, I, I know we're excited to do it, and hopefully the uh, Hopefully that content resonates with the fans and continues to grow our fan base and audience.
0: Well, you've spent your entire career taking advantage of the next opportunity. I believe one of our broadcasters says your best opportunity is your next opportunity. And so you have been known uh, to pivot uh, and move and change and grow. And uh, there's probably another Emmy in your future uh, because of your willingness to remain flexible in these situations. So that's good stuff right there. This is called the Sports and Spirituality Show. We've talked a lot of sports as it relates to the Cleveland Browns and the Chicago Bears and a little uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Talk to me about your faith journey.
2: Yes, I'll say um, as we kind of touched on earlier, my dad's a Lutheran pastor. uh, Been at the same church for quite a few years. Um, I'm terrible with numbers. I'm terrible with how long he's been there. Uh, Don't know off the top of my head, but I know this year we had his, or last year we had his 40th um, anniversary, so um, he's done some faithful work in the Lancaster community. And I know a lot of people have been touched by kind of his passion of preaching and bringing people to gospel. So um, I do find it fun, not funny. I find it interesting that uh, as a pastor's kid growing up, you know, you throw around this term, like we, I grew up in the church. Um, I will say, I feel like I physically also did grow up in the church. We were always there. Yep. Um, whether it's, you know, different Bible studies or going with them when he was doing, um, confirmation classes or potlucks, or I remember as a kid making apple butter, uh, off a swing set in the, in the play area. So, um, as much as my physical home is a home, like 1400 Concordia drive in Lancaster, Ohio is also a home to me. Um, and it's something that, uh, as I've kind of, bounced around geographically for my career that um it's always been uh i guess the church my faith has always been something that's connected me back home and any city i go to it's really one of the first things i do is try to find a a church home and a place that i can grow and be a part of the community and um i looking back you know i know now i knew a while ago that if it wasn't for redeemer if it wasn't for the church family the uh uh, that we had growing up, that um, you know, it may be different. So I know that I'm very blessed to have grown up in the church, um, from a, like a religious standpoint, but also from a physical standpoint. Um, it being a second home, and it's it's something that's really formulated the way I approach a lot of things, whether professionally or personally. Um, and I, I will say, like I believe my my faith and my relationship with uh, Jesus and You know, what that means to me is something that uh, whether I know it or not on a daily basis really formulates the way I approach my job and day-to-day relationships and people on the street. So, um, I don't know, I, I guess the best way to describe it is I'm blessed. I'm blessed to have the upbringing I had and the opportunities I had and the community
0: I had. No question about that. Uh, you know, they used to say, and maybe they still do, that the preacher's kids are the worst kids in the church. And, of course, uh, my father was a preacher as well, a pastor, uh, for 36 years. And uh, we always said, you know why we're the worst kids? Because we hang out with the deacon's kids. That's the reason. Um, they're teaching us all these bad things. Um, it is always comforting uh, when a, a preacher's kid, a PK, as uh, they sometimes call us, comes um, uh, turn out to be what uh, God intended them to be. Um, The Bible uh, lets us know that we all stand individually before God, right? God doesn't have any grandchildren. He just has children. And so we have to make faith our own. And Drew Davidson has done that, as you mentioned, going from the different towns and cities and states that you've been in, um, continuing to look uh, for a place to grow in your faith. And I know your mom and dad are very proud of that as God the Father is as well. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us here on this um, portion of the Sports and Spirituality Show Again, congratulations on winning the Emmy. Thanks for coming on and sharing a little bit about your life and your path. Thank you for the challenge you've given us all to continue to take advantage of every opportunity, treat people right, um, be a person who is a a bit of a jack-of-all-trades. Try anything in the field that you want to pursue, and good things will happen. You are a wonderful example of that, and we trust the Lord's blessing on you as you continue to work for the Cleveland Browns and represent Jesus Christ.
2: Awesome. Well, Steve, thank you very much for having me. Um, you know, it's been a pleasure. And uh, like I said before, um, whether you know it or not, you personally played a, a pretty big role in my career. And um, really, this whole ecosystem is something that I'm excited to be a part of. Um, you know, you guys are doing great stuff down there uh, in Fairfield County. so And really all over, podcasts, you know, podcasts, as you know. Globally reaching. So um thank you for the opportunity to kind of talk and, you know, share my story.
0: You are welcome and keep up the great work. Will do, thank you, Steve. So Kelsey, what did you think about what Drew Davidson had to say about being an Emmy Award winner and of course about his faith as well.
1: Yeah, I loved um all the things Drew had to say, really. I feel like it was it was cool to hear from him. Um I think a couple things that stand out when it comes to his work is just that there are lots of opportunities in front of us. And I think some are obvious and some aren't. And sometimes we have to put ourselves out there. We have to take the first step to make opportunities happen. Sometimes um, they could probably just fall in our lap. But I think his perspective on just pursuing opportunities and seeing what clicks and what works and what doesn't is great and really healthy and i think um especially for a younger person like his age i think opportunities can be really intimidating um and so i think you have to have the right mindset Um, going into them. You know, I think not putting too much emphasis on any opportunities is wise, um, but also like this excitement, eagerness um, initiative, you know, has to also come with that. And then I think also what he said about wherever he's gone, one of the first things he does is look for a church. I think that's really important and really powerful. And I love that Redeemer has given him a really solid foundation of what a church body, a community, um, can and should look like and how they can and should support someone and also how you play a role in doing that for other people. And so, um, I, I think it was really cool legacy that he pointed out and gave credit to, um, his, his church home back here.
0: Yes, and obviously his family, with his father being a minister and all that, uh, all of that stuff matters, right? This group comes together and allows us to be successful um, because we are continuing to lean on each other, uh, lean on the Lord, um, and lean on our experiences, Mm -hmm. and uh, when we do those three things, uh, wonderful things uh, are the result of that. It was wonderful to have you on episode 86. What do you think about coming back for episode 87? Does that sound great? Sure. Does that sound great? Mm hmm. um, um, Okay. Uh, Well, uh, maybe you'll find it in your heart of hearts to bring more energy in 87 than in 86, at least here at the end of the podcast. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. All right. So that's Kelsey Bo. She's with the Tree Church and uh, Tree Young Adults. I'm Steve Brown. We're so glad you've joined us for Episode 86 of the Sports and Spirituality Show. A special thank you to Drew Davidson for joining us as well. And a thank you to Price Custom Homes, our friends Greg and Mitch Price. They can help you from beginning, middle, and end of the building process. You can get more information by going to their website, PriceCustomHomes.com, and find out how they can help you with your next building project. Thank you, Greg and Mitch Price, for sponsoring the Sports and Spirituality Show. For Kelsey Boy, I'm Steve Rouse, saying thank you for listening, and we look forward to you joining us next time for the SAS.